Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Glad to be with you. We had a great weekend of baseball here on the Big X. We had Providence, of course, really surprised to see them be upset by Brownstown on Saturday in the regional, followed by Silver Creek, the lone local team still alive. They were able to beat Connersville in thrilling fashion to move on to semi-state round of action this coming weekend. And I was down at Castle. We were over on 970 AM for the Jeffersonville Castle game. The Red Devils come up a little short against a really good Castle pitcher and a really good Castle team. But uh, glad to have you with us for this Monday edition of the program. We've got more baseball coming up. We'll be following the Silver Creek Dragons this weekend. We'll have some more information on details surrounding those broadcasts coming up a little bit later in the week. But it's uh, winding down. High school sports are for the 22-23 school year and almost a close, almost a wrap for this season. Of course, it won't be long. We'll be thinking about football for the upcoming year. And, of course, basketball will be on the uh, conversation uh, this off season. But uh, high school baseball, exciting. And uh, Silver Creek is our final local team al- alive, trying to see if they can make it through the semi-state round this coming weekend and on to a 3A state championship game. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got news and notes and highlights from over the weekend. Drew Ellis, Jeffersonville native, Got an opportunity late last week to be called up to the Philadelphia Phillies. And boy, is he making the most of his opportunity. Great stuff by Drew Ellis. We'll tell you about that. Big Monday for NCAA baseball as well coming out of the weekend, including the Indiana Hoosiers. They have a 6 p.m. game tonight with Kentucky that should be a thrilling one. The winner moves on to a Super Regional. Indiana had a huge win on Saturday over Kentucky. Then uh, the Hoosiers got blasted yesterday uh, in an elimination game for Kentucky, a chance for Indiana to close things out on Sunday afternoon. That did not happen. And instead, UK and IU will hook up tonight with the winner-take-all onto the Super Regional Round of College Baseball. Also, some recruiting notes on IU basketball today. Trace Jackson Davis getting ready for a workout with the Indiana Pacers and more coming up here in this Monday edition of the program. Later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join us. With Zach, we'll talk the latest on IU basketball. We'll preview the IU-Kentucky baseball game tonight and more. And then later today, Chad Gilbert, AD at Charlestown, also IHSAA executive board member, 
He'll join us for a chat on local sports. We'll recap the baseball results coming out of the weekend. We'll look at Silver Creek ahead in a semi-state round this weekend and a lot more coming up uh, here with Chad later in the program today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And uh, again, check out Honey Baked Tam located on Grant Line Road in New Albany. Also, Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text. 502-414-1450 is the number. It could be a question, a comment, a shout-out to maybe a local high school baseball team, uh, Silver Creek especially, moving on to the semi-state. We'll get it on the air if you send it in to the Thornton's text line. All right, let's get into some headlines for the day. First and foremost, Drew Ellis what a deal. He was cut from the Mariners roster, Mariners program earlier this year, picked back up with the Phillies, made his way to their Triple A affiliate, got a chance late last week to be called back up to the major leagues, and what a time he is having for Philadelphia. Yesterday, in a 11-3 Philadelphia win over Washington, Ellis had two home runs, three hits, scored four runs, Two home runs, knocked in three RBIs for Philadelphia. Unbelievable to see him come in and have the opportunity that he did uh, for this Philadelphia team. Obviously, uh, a dream situation for him. He hopes that this hitting is going to keep him in the big leagues for maybe the rest of the season. Who knows? But Drew Ellis with a big chance, and he capitalized on it. He's made the most of it, and it's going to be interesting to see what his uh, future looks like in the Phillies organization and perhaps with the Major League Philadelphia team. But exciting to see all the success that Drew Ellis is having. It's neat to see another local get a shot at Major League Baseball. Uh, nice to see the Jeffersonville and really Southern Indiana fans that are excited about Drew Ellis and the opportunity that he's getting. Uh, a lot of hometown support, a lot of Southern Indiana support for Drew Ellis, but really, really special and glad to see him get another chance to go back to the major leagues with a different organization. When a lot of people thought maybe his baseball career was over. I'm not even sure that Drew knew that he would have a chance to get back to the major league. So just an unbelievable story for him and his family and the best of Drew Ellis as he continues on with the Philadelphia Phillies for the conceivable, foreseeable future and perhaps longer, we hope. Uh, but big stuff for him and definitely making Southern Indiana, making Jeffersonville proud is Drew Ellis. Lexington Regional and NCAA Baseball hosted by Kentucky. What a weekend it was. Kentucky with a 4-0 win over Ball State. Indiana a 12-6 victory over West Virginia. West Virginia eliminated Ball State 13-5. Indiana with a huge win on Saturday over Kentucky. 5-3 was the final score. Kentucky came through the consolation side of the bracket, eliminating West Virginia 10-0. Then last night, Kentucky and Indiana in a rematch. Kentucky whipped Indiana 16-6, the final score. And now it's Kentucky versus Indiana 
on ESPN Plus tonight at 6 p.m. Winner take all. Winner moves on to a super regional and Indiana and Kentucky. That should be a good one. Tell you what, Kentucky's good on their home field, the way they beat Indiana yesterday. I've kind of lost track on pitching for both teams and who has who still available, still ready to go tonight. But nonetheless, rivalries, a chance to the Super Regional on the line. It should be a great PM at six p. A great game at six p.m. when uh, Indiana and Kentucky hook up down in Lexington. It's also, in general, a huge Monday of college baseball. Southern Miss and Penn play at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Oregon State and LSU play at 2 p.m. today. Uh, Scrolling through some of the other regionals, Coastal Carolina and Duke, they play tonight also at 6 p.m. TCU at Arkansas, a 3 p.m. game on Monday uh, down in Fayetteville, Florida Tech and uh, Florida, excuse me, Florida and Texas Tech at noon today. That gets all the action started uh, Stanford and Texas A&M, 9 p.m., the nightcap later tonight, and there are a few other games as well. But huge day of college baseball to help get the Super Regionals set for coming up here later this week. And I've got to mention, if we're talking about college baseball, Indiana State, an 11-8 winner over Iowa yesterday. Indiana State heading to a Super Regional for the first time since, I believe I saw, 1986. But how about the Sycamores? A great season from them. They get an opportunity to host the regional and, of course, go through the weekend with a win over Wright State, a win over Iowa, and then another win over Iowa last night, undefeated to win their own regional and move on to the Super Regional. Great stuff by the Indiana State Sycamores, and I think a lot of IU fans, anybody from the state of Indiana, pulling for the Sycamores as they move on to the Super Regional round coming up uh, very soon. Also, IU basketball recruiting. One very interesting note, you know, there's an open slot on the IU roster for this upcoming season. We've all wondered who that could be. Will the coaching staff fill that spot if uh, someone pops up of interest? And apparently, Joey Hart of Linton Stockton right here in southern Indiana, uh, he has some visits planned this week. He decommitted from central Florida. He's got visits planned, one to Indiana, the other to Kentucky, probably Thursday or Friday, according to reports. I believe he's supposed to be on the Indiana campus today. He's an Indiana All-Star, so he's got that series coming up this weekend to work around where the team will play down in Owensboro on Friday night and up in Indianapolis on Saturday. But Joey Hart, somebody that always kind of was on that brim of being a mid-major plus, high-major minus player perhaps, with the opportunity now to be re-recruited after decommitting from UCF. Uh, Some big programs jumping in on him. And, of course, Kentucky, a big opportunity. Indiana as well, but maybe Joey Hart could be the final player on the IU roster for next season. And can Indiana swoon him away, the home state kid from Kentucky? It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But I know he's heard from Indiana, Kentucky, Texas, Rutgers, and others. And, uh, of course, Ball State and Indiana State immediately got involved with him, as you would expect. Uh, Stockton, Linton Stockton had a great year, 2A runner-up. Uh, six foot four guard is Joey Hart, averaged almost 24 points a game, shot 40% from three point range and 60% overall from the field. He led the Under Armour Association, so all the Under Armour sponsored teams in that top level. 
He led that association and made three-pointers last spring and summer playing for the Grand Park Premier Team. So Joey Hart, another name to add, an in-state guy that we've known about for years, but Indiana really seems to be involved now that he's decommitted from UCF. We'll see how it plays out. Trace Jackson Davis, his next NBA workout will be his closest NBA pre-draft workout. On Monday afternoon, he is going to work out for the Indiana Pacers at the St. Vincent Center in downtown Indianapolis. The Pacers will announce, just like most NBA teams, the workouts they've got, some of the names that are coming in. And uh, the Pacers put out a graphic yesterday with Trace Jackson Davis as one of maybe five or six guys that are going to be working out with the team today. It'll be the sixth pre-draft workout that the Pacers have hosted ahead of the NBA draft, which is coming up on June 22nd. Jackson Davis is there. Uh, Emmanuel Acott from West uh, Western Kentucky, the Wake Forest guard Tyler Appleby, Kentucky forward Chris Livingston, uh, Smith from North Carolina, and Tubelis from Arizona, I believe, also scheduled to be at the workout today with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, late first-round pick or early second-round pick is where Jackson Davis is projected depending on what service, what mock draft you look at. Some of these individual workouts will be big opportunities for him that is for sure. One other note, Liam McNeely, top uh, player and one of the top players in the 2024 class. He's a five-star. He is down to six schools. He's going to choose from Indiana, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, and Michigan. He announced on Saturday he is a big-time target of the Indiana Hoosiers, and we'll see ultimately who he picks as he now has uh, come down to his final six schools. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star as we talk the very latest with IU basketball. We'll get into the baseball regional championship as well. Indiana and Kentucky down in Lexington tonight at 6 p.m. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. where it's made fresh for you. The dining room is open, providing a safe environment following all state and CDC guidelines. Download the McAllister's app to order carryout or delivery. Visit any of our 11 area locations for the regional favorite. Every regional favorite is handcrafted and made to order using fresh, high-quality ingredients. We promise that every generous portion will be served with a smile as big as the one it'll leave on your face. McAllister's Deli. High school sports teach so much more than just the fundamentals of the game. They also teach the fundamentals of life, like the power of belief. I'm Robert Falkins. And I'm Carrie Rosati. We're both assistant commissioners of the IHSAA. In the second classroom of high school sports, student-athletes understand hard work pays off, and they learn to be proud of their effort, no matter the outcome. Successful student-athletes support their teammates and learn to always do the right thing. And most importantly, they learn to always believe in themselves. When high school sports keep education in front of athletics, these fundamental beliefs outweigh the idea of winning at all costs. That's why high school sports are a transformative and invaluable part of every student-athlete's education. Buy a ticket to your high school's athletic events and show student-athletes that you'll always believe in them too. This is the power of belief. This is the power of high school sports. This is your IHSAA. 
High interest rates may be the norm everywhere else. But right now at Genesis Diamonds, we're always thinking about our customers, and we've decided to slash interest rates down to zero. Zero percent for five years. That means you can get those diamond earrings, that designer engagement ring, or that luxury pre-owned Rolex, and spread your payments over five whole years without paying a dime in interest. Birthdays, anniversaries, just because gifts starting as low as $35 a month. And that's with zero down. Now through July 1st only. And only at Genesis Diamonds. Shelbyville Road Plaza. On approved credit, see store for details. When design is key to your landscape project, give Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge has more experience than any landscape company in the area. Remember, Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key to your project and you want the most experienced landscaping company in the area, give Walnut Ridge a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key. In times of financial uncertainty, how can you stay on track? Call on someone who's invested in your success. I'm Scott Aldridge, your Jeffersonville Edward Jones Financial Advisor. At Edward Jones, we believe in building a complete picture of your financial life, including your unique goals and passions, so we can help you work toward achieving what's most important to you. Call me at 812-282-0000 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. Edward Jones member, SIPC. Are you tired of fast food burgers and fries and looking for a healthier option? Why not try one of the freshly made sandwiches at the Honey Baked Ham Company? They offer an assortment of delicious sandwiches, freshly made sides, and mouth-watering cookies. You can grab a box to go or dine in their cozy cafe. They also offer several lunch catering offers as well. Call the store, 812-941-9426, or visit them at 3602 Northgate Court, Suite 23 in New Albany. Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling, serving the Kentuckiana area, specializing in residential change-out. Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling offers free second opinions. If you get some bad news from your heating and air guy, call Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling. 812-786-0469 for a second opinion. Call Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling. Again, 812-786-0469. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Don't forget the Big X Sports Radio golf card is the perfect Father's Day gift. This year's card features Park Mammoth down in Kentucky, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake, all right here in southern Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supplies is limited. You can get yours today, BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question, Texter says, don't forget about the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Series that begins Friday in Owensboro. In Owensboro, that's correct, the two-game series coming up this weekend. Always a lot of fun. And yesterday at Jeffersonville, they hosted the Indiana-Kentucky 
Junior game. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the program today. With me right now is Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. And Zach, there's a lot going on today from an IU perspective. We normally talk basketball. We'll get there in just a moment. But first and foremost, in the IU sports world today, it's a big matchup coming up tonight. Indiana and Kentucky with a trip to college baseball super regional on the line. Yeah, I think it's been, I mean, obviously yesterday, I think the, the scoreline kind of maybe got a little bit out of hand. But um, in general, I think it's been an impressive weekend from Indiana. This was an Indiana team that, you know, Jeff Mercer won the Big Ten in his first season. Obviously, his second season was canceled due to COVID. Uh, third season was very weird. That was a season where the uh, Big Ten decided to play only conference games in all of its, its various sports. Um and then last year, Indiana struggled, but I think there was always an expectation, basically, that you know anybody who follows college baseball knows recruiting happens very early in that sport. You tend to be committed, you know, at latest before the start of your junior year, uh, often much earlier than that. And um, so, in terms of if you sort of looked at when Jeff Mercer came in in 2018, you obviously factor in also for the weirdness of trying to recruit around COVID in 2020. You know, last year and this year were really going to be the, the, the first sort of waves of players that Mercer was able to go and sort of recruit properly, commit at the, the time when they normally would, sign them, and then bring them onto campus. Um, and this season, just in general, I think it's been a, a very good one for Indiana. They were in with a shot of winning the Big Ten all the way up until the final day of the season. Now they obviously have played their way to a regional final. You know, we'll see kind of how it goes tonight. Pitching is pitching depth is always an issue when you get this deep into a regional weekend, um, and that's probably been even more impacted for Indiana because their Friday starter went out early with an, an injury uh, in the game that they won on Friday. But Indiana can score runs, and, and Indiana's got an offense that can put up a crooked number quickly. And you know, I think I think it's fair to say against just about anybody, and so. I think they've got a chance, and, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. You know, I'm not saying no. It, it's uh, it's moral victories or whatever. But even if they didn't win this game tonight, I think you'd still look at this season as a successful one for Jeff Mercer in terms of really kind of what kind of grew out of the roots that he put down in his first couple of years in charge in the Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, what a regional it's been, and of course Indiana State hosting their own. They've already punched their ticket to a Super Regional, which has been a major headline in our state the last couple days. But this Lexington Regional, I've not been there. I've talked to a number of people that have been. The crowds have been outstanding. I did go to the Louisville-Kentucky game there at Kentucky Proud Park earlier in the regular season. What a facility, but it's just been an outstanding Super Regional all the way around, and it's fitting that it would end tonight with a winner-take-all game. And it's been an interesting, you know, just, first weekend of the tournament, not to, not to go too wide lens, but, I mean, you've seen a lot of, uh, including Kentucky, a lot of regional hosts, a lot of even some national seeds uh, in the losers' brackets. A couple have already been eliminated. I think Clemson was knocked out yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it has been a, you know, Penn, I think, if I'm not, I think Penn has two chances to, who is it, Southern Miss, I think they, they can knock out. So that's obviously, I mean, that would be a real upset to see a team like Penn, which has already helped eliminate Auburn, which is the regional host um, in the Supers. I mean, I just think it's, it's 
it has been a it has not been a chalk first weekend of the NCAA tournament by any means. And when you have the setup baseball has the double elimination where you know using Kentucky as the example, you can lose a game but then play your way back into a winner takes all situation. It's it's almost kind of a little more fun, and I'm not I'm not saying it's better than other postseasons in college, but it's different, and I think being different makes it interesting. I think, it, you know, I, I, I get into this argument all the time between college football and college basketball, and college basketball people say, you know, you have to be damn near perfect in college football to have a chance to win a national title, and that's about to change a little bit. But I would just say, you know, I, it, part of what I always enjoy about those sports is there's a different path. You know, one requires something different of teams than the other in terms of how you get a chance to play for a national championship and how you earn a national championship. And I think college baseball and college softball with the double elimination regional format, it's fun because it's its own thing. And it winds up throwing up some some wild kind of weekends, and, and we wind up talking about them this time of year. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. That's where I was headed next, college baseball in general. Uh, it's always fun this weekend, and it's worked out with some of these uh, winner-take-all games uh, to be a very busy Monday. I can't remember every year if this Monday is always typically as busy as what this one is going to be, but basically from noon today until the Stanford game that begins at 9 p.m. first pitch tonight, it's wall-to-wall college baseball. So it's great to see for a sport where maybe diehard fans follow their school or they have someone on the team they track. But this is the weekend where college baseball becomes, I think, a national sport. And it's great to see it work out where there are so many big winner-take-all situations here on Monday. You're right. I don't remember it being quite this crowded, you know, needing to go all the way to the last game, uh, the hypothetical last game of the regional. I, I don't remember. Now, I think a couple of these regionals have also been delayed by weather. Um, and so there's, you know, there's always that factor as well that, that some of these, uh, some of these games wind up pushed back because the teams are dealing with weather issues and games have to get postponed. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I mean, I happened in Indiana a few years ago when they lost on that walk-off to Stanford. But I don't remember this many, um, like you said, this crowded of a schedule on a Monday. And you're right, it's, I mean, it's fun. And it's, it's, it is, a, if there's a similar dynamic to the NCAA tournament, the, the men's and women's basketball tournaments, it's that, you know, the double elimination regional format in the first weekend does invite maybe a little bit more variation uh, or variance, a little bit more randomness, a little bit more chaos than the second weekend, the Super Regional, which is just a best of three series. It's just you, you play as many as three games, and the first team to two wins goes through to Omaha. Um, but that, again, it just kind of makes it different. It, it, it gives you... You know, something where, as you said, it feels like there's a game of significance on pretty much all the time the first weekend, not unlike the basketball tournaments. And that winds up, I think, as you said, bringing in a lot of casual fans in a very positive way. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star here on this Monday edition of the program. Zach, let's get into basketball. I know that it's the time of year where we're focused on the NBA draft, especially with Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen hood Shafino both right there in the mix. It looks like Jalen going to go maybe midway through the first round. Trace Jackson Davis could be late first round or maybe early second round. But some recruiting topics also pop up as well 
And one is very interesting, a 2023 in-state player from Southern Indiana named Joey Hart from Linton Stockton, who if you follow high school basketball in our state, you know the career that he had both individually and with his Linton Stockton team. He's decommitted from Central Florida, and all of a sudden he's got some really big suitors involved, including Indiana and Kentucky. He's supposed to visit each of those schools this week. I think I saw Texas and Rutgers and other schools had reached out to him as well. So maybe we now know a big-time target for Indiana in this final roster spot if they could find a way to keep Hart in state uh, and, uh, and keep him away from Kentucky. I would argue, and I've argued a couple weeks, is as much as, and Mike Woodson's not shy about saying he's got a lot to figure out this, this summer, you know, through some team workouts. He's got a lot to figure out in the preseason in terms of kind of rebuilding, you know, some of the some of the, the, the guts of this team and, and, you know, figuring out how to redistribute roles, shots, minutes, all those different kinds of things. The thing I've argued for a while is I think he's probably going to want to know what his team looks like pretty early in the summer. I don't think he's going to want if he can avoid it, a situation where he drops some potentially meaningful player into kind of the soup in like late July or August and has to suddenly sort of, you know, reconfigure and redesign some of his plans. I think he'd like to just sort of know what his team is in full as early as possible so that he knows what he's working with and, and he doesn't, you know, kind of have to introduce it to, torture a cooking metaphor he doesn't have to introduce a new ingredient halfway through the the process of assembling the meal so if you can get in a situation like this where you would imagine parts recruitment is going to move fairly quickly here i'm you know i'm not going to sit here and make predictions and i'm on vacation so i I haven't had a a ton of time to kind of dig my my hands into this but you know a, a kid from southern indiana getting a lot of interest from indiana and kentucky obviously tends to lend itself toward you know a a that guy staying closer to home, um, I think that benefits Indiana not just in getting a potentially impactful player and one that, as you talked about, had a, you know, frankly, an outstanding high school career, um, but also being able to just sort of say, and I know Kentucky's got its own problems. Believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of kind of what's going on down in Lexington. But, um, you know, from Indiana's perspective, I think there's also just the advantage of saying not only are we adding somebody that can help us, maybe short and, and certainly long term, but also – you know, we're just kind of closing the door. We're, we're zipping it up and we're saying, you know, the team is the team and we know what we've got to work with. Now let's get started building toward the 2023-2024 season. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Zach, uh, interesting to see some of the late movement going on, but also interesting to see some of the recruiting stuff out there because Indiana continues to be named by a lot of big-name players, some big visits coming up in the middle of the month, and then over the weekend, Liam McNeely, who's been one of IU's big targets in the 2024 class for some time. He's a five-star player, and he uh, has cut his list down to six. Indiana, one of those six schools. So just amazing to me, and I know this has come up before on this show and maybe even with you, it's amazing the number of national-level players that Mike Woodson and the IU coaching staff are involved on, and McNeely is just another example of that. Yeah, and a couple, I mean, a couple of those guys, you mentioned McNeely, obviously Flory Badunga from, uh, from in-state. You know, those are guys that are long-term targets, guys that I think have been – the, the mutual interest has been strong for a while. I think there are also some guys that maybe have kind of been on the recruiting board but maybe in a, a slightly more sort of – you know, both sides just sort of building a relationship, wait and see, nothing too serious yet kind of way. A guy like Dylan Harper, a guy like Boogie Flan, 
um, where maybe, you know, what we talk about the, the players, Indiana's probably about, well, not probably, I think I think it's fair to say we, we have a certain amount of confidence that wherever they get drafted, Jalen Hood, uh, Shafino, and Trace Jackson Davis will both get drafted. And then obviously also bringing in the likes of Kalel Ware and McKenzie. And suddenly, you know, we've talked about this many times, talent tends to follow talent as long as you kind of prove that, you know, the, the, the opportunities you promised these kids, the roles you promised them, the, you know, the, the sort of developmental kind of steps you promised to take them on, as long as that stuff comes to fruition, as long as you can, the, the proof sort of bears out in the pudding, so to speak, um, you know, I think that, that talent does tend to just kind of beget more talent, and I think you're seeing more kids, whether they were as serious about Indiana before, and again, I think a guy like Liam McNeely has been, has been pretty you know, sort of intensely scrutinizing Indiana for a while, or maybe it's a little bit more recent. I think you're seeing Indiana with just greater recruiting agency with, with some of the top players in the country because of the success that some of their peers have had, because they look around and they say, well, Jalen Chafino bought in. He went there, and he can't stop talking about how great his experience was, and they turned him into a one-and-done, and now here comes another guy who might be a one-and-done. What is McKenzie and Baco? I, you know, I see McKenzie at AAU tournaments or – you know, camp tryouts or whatever. What does he see in Indiana? Now I'm curious. And, you know, you mentioned there's, there's a number of visits that are going to happen here in the summer. Um, I just, I think, I think it, it, it speaks well of just sort of the recruiting momentum and the recruiting kind of profile Indiana's built with Mike Woodson. And it also, we talk about this too, we talked about how, you know, two years ago, Indiana's kind of roster cycle sort of long-term plan was to rebuild through high school recruiting. Last year, we could all see Indiana was going to be very active in the portal this cycle and, you know, in replacing a lot of seniors and guys who might leave early like Jalen Echefino for the draft. It seems like next year, I'm not saying they won't go into the portal, but it seems like next year, if, if you know, if the best life plans work out, we will see them sort of pulling a, a lot of impact freshmen in next season, and that will sort of, you know, uh, presumably bolster a roster that's going to include a number of returners and young guys that are going to be a little bit older and a little bit more sort of seasoned. And so it feels like maybe it's it's just kind of back to, okay, we feel like maybe high school is a better route to sort of roster rebuild, roster reload in 2024, maybe with a little bit of help from the portal, we'll see. Um, but it's just a reminder, too, that it doesn't have to be all one or the other. You can kind of, you can as long as you plan well, you recruit well, and you execute, you know, that, that plan effectively, it can be, you can do one sometimes and one sometimes, and both can work for you. And I think, of course, you're never, you're only ever kind of as good as your, your last season, your last good recruiting win, all those kinds of things. All that agency has to kind of be, you know, has to, has to be kept fresh, but Indiana's in a good place, I think. And also should note that some of the new faces for IU basketball for next season beginning to arrive on campus. Indiana gives them the star treatment as soon as they arrive. They've got videos of them getting out of their car and bringing their luggage in for the first time and meeting with the coaching staff. So it's that time of year gearing up for June workouts and conditioning, and we'll be seeing a lot of that, on I'm sure, on social media. But for now, uh, giving the guys a chance to all gather in Bloomington. And I think I saw somewhere that in the next few days, most everybody should be in Bloomington ready to go for the summer. Yeah, that's typically the way it works. Everybody's got a slightly different calendar. You know, I mean, some guys don't really leave. Like, I'm not sure Xavier Johnson went home for very long. Um, obviously, freshmen, you know, can't arrive until a certain point. They've got to finish up high school, and that's where 
calendars can be a little different. Guys can have maybe later graduation dates. Maybe you're on a different sort of semester system. Maybe you've got, I mean, I, <laughs> I've, I've known kids whose arrival was delayed by prom. Um, you know, and, and obviously when Indiana's had Indiana All-Star participants in the past, sometimes those kids do the All-Star Series, then they come to campus. Sometimes they come to campus. Then they go, then they leave and go to the All-Star Series and come back. So the point is there's, there's always a variety of reasons why, you know, guys sort of summers will get a little chopped up. Um, but I would expect by mid-June, you know, other than I'm not sure when Kalel Ware goes, if he hasn't done the, the, the tryouts already when he goes to the Team USA thing. But um, I think by mid-June, pretty much everybody will have at least moved in. And if Indiana's not at, at a full complement of players on campus, then it'll just be because one or two guys have, you know, some like summer all-star or yeah, Team USA commitments, things like that. But those are always relatively, or normally, I don't say always, but normally relatively quick things. All right, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach, as always, thanks for being with us on Mondays. We'll catch up with you very soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He helps us get the week started with IU coverage here on this Monday program. We'll head to a commercial break and talk local sports when we return with Chad Gilbert, the athletic director from Charlestown High School, and an IHSA executive board member representing our area. Silver Creek moving on in the baseball state tournament. We'll discuss that and more after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's we're missing for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here? Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday program. Busy day for baseball. Lots of college baseball action around the country. None bigger for most listeners of this show than Indiana and Kentucky, 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus tonight. Winner moves on to a Super Regional. Can it be the first for Coach Mercer in his time as the IU baseball coach? We'll find out tonight. I think it'll be a tough one for Indiana on the road down at Kentucky. Uh, these two teams have had some great battles over the last couple of days. Chad Gilbert with me in this segment. We always talk local sports, and let's start with baseball on a local level as well, Chad, because a big weekend of baseball locally. We had a regional trifecta of games on the radio in representation in all four classes. Borden lost a heartbreaker over at Lagodi to Rising Sun in walk-off fashion. Providence, to me, was one of the bigger upsets of the day. Surprised to see them bow out to Brownstown in the regional final. And then, of course, Silver Creek, the lone local team to win. We had Jeff down at Evansville. They ran into Castle and a really good pitcher in the Tilly Kid. And so we have one team left, Chad, for high school baseball semi-states next Saturday. Matt, first off, let's talk about that Kentucky-Indiana. Ten, ten batters hit by pitch last night, correct? Yep. Wow. And you think, you know, in Indiana State, was Indiana State, Iowa, was it like seven? I didn't that see the, that. I didn't see that I'm, number. I thought the thread threw that out at some point yesterday that we're on. But it was, uh, 
you know, it's amazing these hit by pitches. I, I don't understand. One guy got hit three times. I mean, you may understand this better than me. I don't know. Is it at that level when you're hitting guys, you're hitting them on purpose, right? It's not like you lose a you that you're playing nine and under all stars and one gets away from you. <laughs> you I, I don't. So. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I thought you might be able to help me out with it, understand a little uh, bit. I don't, I don't know. Will that, will that create fireworks for tonight's game with Indiana and Kentucky? I'm not, you know, how does that work going in? I knew there, I saw a Twitter thing with the Indiana assistant coach, or maybe the Kentucky head coach, kind of going at it after the, the game and a handshake line. Is there a little extra incentive in tonight? I, I don't know. I just think that may fuel a little bit of fire there in that game and make it a little bit extra special tonight. What, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's very odd. I think the 10 pitches, by the way, either tied or set a record for hit batters in a college baseball game, if I remember correctly. But I definitely think it has to create more fireworks. I mean, Indiana won a back-and-forth game on Saturday that was charged, I thought, a lot. And then, of course, Sunday, Kentucky came out and really cleaned Indiana's clock. So both teams obviously have a lot on the line. There's a trip to the Super Regional. That should be enough. But the way these last two games have went – you mentioned the Twitter battling back and forth. I had heard about that. I had not seen that. And then obviously all the hit batters, it really does make you wonder what tonight will look like. It's clear that these two teams, I think, do not like each other. It's more than just being Indiana versus Kentucky and that rivalry that's existed over the years. So I think we're in for a good one tonight. But like I said, coming back in from the break, it's going to be a tough one, I think, for IU. Yes, yes, no doubt. But, you know, just the College World Series in general has been awesome. You know, our, the the tournament going into the World Series has been awesome. The softball has been awesome. It's just, you know, when guys are playing to advance, it's just a little bit more into it, you know, no matter what sport it is. And I, I think, you know, maybe that down the road when, if college football ever goes to that playoff system, it's just something to look at because, I mean, these baseball and softball have been going on since, what, February? And the amount of attention, the amount of excitement it creates this time of year, I mean, is is second to none. So, you know, it's been a lot of fun to watch these games, Matt. Yep, tonight's going to be great. 6 p.m. Indiana and Kentucky on ESPN+. Chad, let's get to the local stuff. It was a tough day overall for some of our local teams, but Silver Creek in Joe Decker's finale headed to another semi-state back-to-back regional championships for the Dragons here the last couple years. That's big stuff. You know, first, we'll, we'll, we'll just do it 1A through 4A, Matt. You know, the 1A, anytime you get beat in a walk-off fashion, it's a lot of thinking, man, what could I have done different? Baseball's a funny game. You know, it just it goes that way. So, Gordon has nothing to be ashamed of. It's just the way the ball bounces. They'll, they'll retract and they'll move on. And they'll be back again. They've got, they've got a great program there at Borden. The 2A, I'd like to see – Providence, you know, I think Providence has one of the best young coaches around. Coach Watson does an excellent job with that Providence team and plays exciting, you know, gambler type of baseball, you know, where he's willing to take some chances. I'd like to see them, you know, fully loaded. I'm going to say it. If Grant Siebel's there, Providence advances. You know, he didn't get to pitch. He's, he's been battling some uh, pitching, pitching injuries. I like the Pioneers with him on the mound you know i like them and a chance to advance but you know that that's again we've said this many times you've got to be good you've got to be lucky and that that's a tough way to go out um without having all your players in, intact 
the three A coach Decker. Uh, you know what do you say about Coach Decker? It's his last round. Um, coach Decker's a Hall of Fame coach. Say what you want. You know, uh, Coach Decker's Coach Decker, but he's a Hall of Fame coach. And I'll say this: at the softball game, you know, uh, his daughter's playing up here at Charlton. Coach Decker doesn't act like a Hall of Fame coach. He he comes up and asks, "I like a brat and a hamburger, ten dollars. Thank you." You know, what I mean, he's, he's, uh, all, just somebody like that. You know, you you want to see those guys. Uh, you, you wish them good luck, and you wish Coach Decker a lot of a lot of good luck in his ten year run out there. And you think about that when he took the Silver Creek program over, it wasn't what it is now. So you got to tip your hat to him and give him a lot of credit for the run he's had and the success he's had. And like I said, an Indiana baseball Hall of Fame without question. Yeah, no the 4A, you know, uh, a tough one for the Devils. You know, I, I think the Devils may have run-ruled Castle earlier in the year. But, um, you know, in the tournament, I don't I don't know if the kid going to Auburn play or pitch for Castle that time or not, but I, that sounded like a well-played game, Matt, that Jeffersonville had nothing to be ashamed of. If they played excellent, Castle just happened to play a little bit better. And, um Coach Stock, you know, coming out his first year, I think he did an excellent job over there with the Devils this year. And I tell you what, that red on red look in the sectional championship looked sharp to me, Matt. What was your what was your take on that versus Floyd Central? <laughs> I love those that red on red uniform. I thought it was really sharp. I could always count on you to talk about fashion or uniforms. I'd forgotten about that, but yes, it was a good look for the Red Devils, and that was a crazy, crazy game. I know we're talking about regionals and semi-states ahead, but boy, for sectional championships, that was one of the best that I've been part of as far as a radio broadcast. And you and PK, you know, brought it home. You know, I felt like I was there listening to it on the game. You all did an excellent job. Matt, one thing on the format, you know, think about it. It's going to take two pitchers to get out. The semi-state is now the regional format. It's not a one-game throw your best. You've got two games that you've got to survive on. How are teams going to do that? Do you throw your ace right out of the chute? Do you hold him back? A lot of the coaching maneuvers come into play. This is where the heat really comes on, and this is where uh, you got to have two pitchers to advance. Absolutely, yeah. You know, the regional and semi-state, the formats change, basketball, softball, baseball. It's been interesting, and that's really a deal for coaches to consider. We talk a lot of times, Chad, about coaches because you spent so many years as a coach here in the area and some of the -the behind-the-scenes strategy and some of the pressures coaches face. You know, that's a big deal for a baseball coach in a regional when it used to be two games and now a semi-state to figure out a pitching strategy for that one-day affair because sometime you pitch that first game, you play that first game, you never get to that second game, but often you have to set yourself up with a strategy that you plan to win it. So some tough decisions ahead for Joe Decker and Silver Creek and all the guys out there that have teams still left in the regionals, in the semi-states, excuse me. And that's one thing for the fans to remember. No one knows the teams better than the, the coaching staff does, and no one wants to win more than they do. So when they make those decisions, support them. Try to get behind them and hopefully cheer your team on to victory and it's in a chance to advance to a victory field for a state championship. All right, Chad Gilbert with me Mondays on the program. Chad is always with us as we talk local sports. Chad, any parting comments as we get out on this Monday show? Matter, we'll we're watching uh, the IUUK game tonight. Well, we're, we're still in the pursuit of some tickets to go down to the game possibly. Wow. We'll see, you, know, you know how it is. We don't pay for tickets. 
<laughs> so we're still in the pursuit of them. But, but you know, uh, one thing I do want to give a shout-out, one of the best players, the best athletes I've ever coached, Drew Ellis. Wow. Have you, have you seen this takeoff he's had for the Phillies, Matt? Yesterday, three for three, two home runs, and a walk. I mean, unbelievable. Drew Ellis is the ultimate competitor that leaves it on the field or on the court every time. I I know I've talked about Drew on the show enough, but I couldn't have asked for a better player to coach in my career than Drew Ellis was. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. We obviously highlighted his big game yesterday, earlier today, but uh, you coached him at Jeff. Uh, big, uh, big deal there. So, Chad, thank you very much. Matt, appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the program. Back with you Tuesday at 11. And don't forget, we got Silver Creek Baseball coming up on Saturday as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.